So without further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, after extensive analytical and objective testing and review, I can with 100% confidence tell you the single best expedition grade backpack is. Welcome back to The Mindful Hunter. I'm your host as always, Jay Nickel. And we are here for the second and final part of the most ambitious review I have ever attempted on this YouTube channel. And that is a deep dive into five of the most popular 10 day plus hunting backpacks. Um, quick recap, hang on, I'm gonna pull up my notes from last time because I don't wanna forget anything. Okay, so we are looking at the Kafaru Fulcrum on the duplex light frame, the Stone Glacier Sky Guide 7900, the XO K3 6400, the Mystery Ranch Marshall, and the Kuyu Pro 7800. Now, I want to make a couple notes um, just as an introduction and then some clarifications about last week. So, I would like to reiterate a couple of the things that I said at the beginning of the last video in case you this is the first, uh, you didn't watch the first one, this is the first time you're seeing, seeing this series. I paid cash for every single one of these backpacks. I have no working relationships with any of the manufacturers and no one has any editorial control over this video except for me. Please try and keep an open mind. I'm probably gonna say some things you don't like about a pack that you really do like. Um, maybe just be open to objective feedback. There's this thing human beings fall victim to called confirmation bias, where we actively seek out information that agrees with opinions we already have, and we actively um, kind of turn away from information that disagrees with opinions that we already have. It's because it creates cognitive dissonance. We don't like feeling uncomfortable with decisions we've already made, so we don't like to hear conflicting information. One of the tricks I do is that before I buy a product, I will actively look out negative reviews. So at least I've exposed myself to both sides of the coin. I would recommend you do the same. I talked about tribalism and emotional marketing last time, and I'm not going to get into that again. Just recognize that some of the feelings you have about some of the products you own aren't fully objective. And there are subjective elements at play there. And so just be aware of those while you're watching this review. All of these bags have their place for certain types of individuals with certain types of needs and certain body types. I'm only one guy. I can only tell you how it worked for me. I'm six foot one and currently 225 pounds. Um, I did the first round and in the first round, I looked at a bunch of the first impression related stuff, some technical elements of the bag, some weights, and then a 40 pound test. And in that, at the end of the day, hang on, I'm gonna pull up the, at the end of that, in first place we had Stone Glacier, in a very, very close second place, we had the XOK3, and Kafaru came in third place, Mystery Ranch, Kuyu came in fourth place and Mystery Ranch came in last place. If you want more information about the first round, I suggest you go watch that video. I'm not gonna dig into that um, deep here because we've got better things to spend our time on. There's lots of new stuff that I've been testing. 
The main thrust of today will be the meat shelf comparisons, 80 pound tests and 120 pound tests. And there's a bunch of other elements that I scored as well, but we'll get into that in a bit. Um, yeah, that's about it. Again, this is gonna be a longer video. It's not clickbaity, it's not a 15 second, this is the best pack of 2022 video. This is an in-depth, objective, analytical review of backpacks. This is the shit I live for. I love this stuff. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback afterwards, you can email me at j at mindfulhunter.com or hit me up on Instagram, mindful underscore hunter. If you could take a moment to engage with this video, I would greatly appreciate it. Like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever you want. I will also be putting the audio of this out on the podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, same rules go there. Any way that you can help promote this material is greatly beneficial for me. If you wanna help this channel directly, go to mindfulhunter.com slash shop and pick up some merch. Now, a couple quick clarifications about last week. First of all, I would like to say that Stone Glacier, Kafaru, and Exo all reached out directly. They actually gave me a call almost immediately after the video went up. All three companies were phenomenal. Nobody tried to argue with any of the points that I made. Nobody got upset. Everybody was really grateful that there was like a deep dive going on into this space and everybody thought their bags kind of held up under their own scrutiny. So uh, that was really good to see, but they did have some good feedback on a couple of points that I want to get into. I made the comment that EXO used aggressive YouTube marketing and they were kind of curious how I came to that opinion because they don't have you know, apparently a big budget and they don't sponsor a bunch of YouTubers. And I guess I had just been in a phase three or four years ago when I was watching YouTube where the little circle of YouTube I was watching all happened to start using Exopacks at the same time. Uh, and they just wanted to inform me that they don't really engage in that. The vast majority of people I've seen using their packs are not on the payroll. They might get some free bags, but they're not paid to... Um, espouse the virtues of their particular pack and they're free to use another pack if they want to. Um, and so there, I, I just wanted to clarify that because that was one of the things that I said bugged me. And after I talked with Mark over at EXO, I've kind of adjusted my opinion in that regard. Uh, next up are the weights of the Kafaru packs. So that was one of the things about the video that I was pretty upset with was that there was a pretty big discrepancy in the weights of the pack as they were listed on the Kafaru website and the weights of the pack as they showed up at my house. Now, first things first, and Snyder will tell you this, the Fulcrum is his least favorite bag. I should have looked at a different bag, probably the doll, to do this series of tests because it still would have compared volume-wise with the rest of the bags, but it would have been just a better comparison of a feature set that was more like these other bags, so I will own that. I learned a lot about the Fulcrum. Essentially, it's the perfect bag on paper, but it's not the perfect bag in reality. It does a lot of things for me that I like, but after this series of tests, I was forced to confront that the thing that I thought was my favorite bag is certainly not my favorite bag. Um, and I will be swapping out my, my go-to bag because of the results of this test. Um, I had a great chat with um, Aaron about this. There's a couple of reasons for the inconsistencies in weight. One, 
A couple of percent we can knock up just to manufacturing inconsistencies. I'm totally fine with that. There's also some plastic sheets that come in the fulcrum and apparently there's a big discrepancy across the weights of these sheets. I recommend just taking those out. And basically Snyder said, because the guide lid as well includes the strap, I included the straps. And if you remove those straps, you can ditch about another quarter of a pound. And so his general feedback was like, listen, if you strip the bag down a little bit, you can get it to what we say it is. I'm not arguing that. What I have seen on their website, like if you look at the new Hellbender pack, they actually post a shipped weight and a stripped weight. I think that is the perfect way to do things moving forward. Much like when you buy a tent, you get the packed weight and the trailhead weight, and they're letting you know that if you know what you're doing and you feel comfortable going in with like a few less pegs or you know, a little bit less guy line material, you can, you know, this is what it's gonna weigh in the mail when it shows up at your house. But if you're a minimalist, this is what you can get it down to and it will still function in a way that we stand behind. And so when I was on their site yesterday and saw that that was how they were advertising the weights of the Hellbender, I was like, that's really great to see and that's one of their newer packs. So I'm assuming that Kafaru will be doing stuff like this moving forward. And so it's not as big of a concern. Just know that the fulcrum by nature with the guide lid is a bit heavier than what it's advertised on the on the site. And overall, the, the, the Kafaru is the heaviest pack and we're gonna get into why it's the heaviest pack and what some of the kind of benefits and drawbacks are of it being the heaviest pack. Okay, let's get back into my notes. So without further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, after extensive analytical and objective testing and review, I can with 100% confidence tell you the single best expedition grade backpack is, I can't do that. What I can tell you is that for different circumstances, different bags shine through and we do have an overall winner that I would argue is the best overall pack. But I, there are still lots of situations when that's not the pack I was gonna recommend. So before we get into who actually won and what the scores were, let's start back at the beginning and look at the individual elements that I tested. So first off, let's talk about the meat shelf capability. So what I was looking here for was how difficult was it to get into the meat shelf, how difficult was it to load it up, and then how intuitive and, and successfully did it all strap down, how efficient, how well did it hold weight once it was loaded up. So coming in at first place was the Stone Glacier. Second place was the Exo. Kafaru actually got third place, even though it, it, it technically has a load shelf, but I didn't actually use the load shelf. But I'm just gonna be frank with you, the Mystery Ranch and the Kuyu's load shelves are so bad that the Kafaru, even without having a load shelf, is a better load shelf than those two. Now, Stone Glacier got first place because for smaller loads, it has a sling in there and it keeps the internal load shelf load about three to four inches up and off the hip belt. And I found during my 40 and 80 pound testing that it was more beneficial to have that weight up there. Now, 
what's really interesting is when we get into 120 pounds, that kind of changes a little bit, and I'm gonna get into that in a, in a bit. Now, the XO came in at second place. I think it's the most intuitive and the simplest to use, and it's the one that's most ideal for big quarters. Like, if I was just gonna go in and be packing out elk or moose quarters, I would grab the XO because the way that it's built, you can kind of use the tapered end of a hind quarter and stuff it into the bottom compression strap. And then the rest of it is all very intuitive and locks down super nice. Now I gave the fulcrum the third because the bag is so big and there is technically a load shelf, but I wouldn't recommend using it. You're better off just sticking it in the bag, but you can load in 80 pounds so easily in that bag it's actually better than having a load shelf, to be honest with you. You pay for it in some other areas, but in that area, it shines through. Now, I will talk about the Mystery Ranch and the Kuyute kind of together. Now, neither the Mystery Ranch or the Kuyute have independent compression straps for the load shelf. So let me, let me back up a second. A load shelf should be a compartment on the internal frame of the bag where you actually pull the bag off of the frame and you can put weight, a um, meat, an Olympic plate, whatever you want on the frame and then you can strap it down to the frame and then you replace the bag. By strapping it to the frame first, you take the bulk of the effort or the work required and you, you're, you use the com internal compression straps in order to facilitate that. And what that does is then when you put your bag back on, you don't have to use your bag to be the primary force that holds that load shelf on. With the Kuyu and the Mystery Ranch, there are no internal compression straps. Now you can buy separate components to do this, but that's not what I was testing. All these bags have endless components that you can spend another 100, 200, $300 on if you want. That's not the point. If you're selling a bag with a load shelf, the load shelf should work right out of the gate. So the deal with the Kuyu and the Mystery Ranch is that you actually have to use the bag itself to create that compression, which means essentially everything within your bag gets crushed because you have to crush the load shelf components in order to keep it on there. To be honest with you, I actually had to text some other people who own these bags and verify because I was so surprised. Like it made zero sense to me. I'm like, you're talking two compression straps and buckles that weigh a couple ounces a piece. Why on earth would you not have it have it in there. Um, also, the Mystery Ranch got last place because this was the only bag where the internal frame is so flimsy that when I had a 40 pound load in there, it actually bowed out the frame and dug it into my back. So here's the deal. From a functional perspective, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, and Exo Pass with flying colors. You can get extra meat in there. You know, in principle, you have the ability to carry a full camp and your meat out at the end of a hunt. Big pass. Kuyu, Mystery Ranch, big fail. Um, the fact that there's no internal compression straps means that's out for me. I would not use the load shelf. It might as well not even be there because I'm not going to crush the components of my bag onto my load shelf. Now, all of the bags concern me a little bit except for the Kafaru in that the way they hold taller loads back to the frame, like you gotta understand 
I've never been a load shelf guy. And the reason some people in the industry have been pushing back against load shelves is that you are inherently sacrificing the internal structure of your backpack. Like the whole reason the bag is attached along many points of contact to the frame is that then you have like lateral and vertical stability and rotational stability so that when you secure the load, the entire thing is secured. When you remove that bag, stuff a bunch of stuff in between your frame and the bag and then replace the bag, you're sacrificing that rigidity and structure. For the smaller loads up to 80 pounds, I found it wasn't a big deal. As soon as you get up to 120 pounds and as soon as you start filling the snow collar, let me back up a little bit. Most bags will have like a, a recommended fill and then they keep like the top 12 inches or so of material of the chamber pocket to be rolled up, folded, cinched, whatever, and buckled down. But when you go on 10, 12, 14 day hunts, you have to use the entire chamber and you end up using the lid in order to, to, to close the top of the chamber pocket. And that normally has the bag extending 12 to 16 inches either up the back of your head or at least to the back of your head. When you lose the attachment points at the top of the bag, you, 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 the, the bag starts to feel like it's being pulled off your back. I'll get into more details, but not all of the bags performed equally well in that regard. And that's one of the reasons that I put the Kafaru in third, even though it doesn't have a load shelf, is that you have lots of room for your meat and your camp in this bag because it's 7,800 cubic inches plus the lid at 1,200 cubic inches. You have, you have 9,000 cubic inches. There's more than enough room. And you, you're not sacrificing that internal structure and rigidity. So... Um, Overall, it was very enlightening doing the meat shelf testing. And one of the things that I would recommend, no matter what bag you get, um, load and unload your meat shelf three or four times before you go on a hunt. Because it wasn't until I had done that with each of these bags that I started to recognize like, oh, there's an opportunity to actually cross these straps. Or, oh, if I tighten this section up at the bottom, that keeps the load a little bit higher. Or, oh, wait, I can use these load lifter straps to the lid and then use the lid to tie the top of the bag back to the frame. Like I had to actually work with the bags and get to know the bags before I could get them to function as optimally as I wanted them to. So I highly recommend that when you get these bags, work with them, load them, unload them, use the load shelf, then put some material in the chamber, go for a hike, play around with the different straps and find out which setups work for your particular body type. Now, before we get into the two big categories of the 80 pound and the 120 pound comfort ratings, we're gonna dig into some more smaller elements that I still think are items you wanna consider when deciding which pack to purchase. So color options. And this was literally, which of the bags give you more variety? When you're spending this much money on a pack, you wanna feel like it's somewhat personal and you wanna be able to express yourself through the actual look and feel of the bag. So. Uh, coming in in first place was Kafaru. You could get three colors, none of them branded. Coming in at second place was the EXO. They had three colors, but one of them was proprietary first light camo. I knocked people down for using proprietary camo colors in a way. I didn't give them extra points for that color because 
If that's not a camo company that you support or you wear, having that doesn't really do any good. Also, if you're gonna buy a PAG and you wanna think about reselling it, steering clear of proprietary camo colors is probably best because most people prefer solid color backpacks. And if you buy a Sitka bag, colored bag from Mystery Ranch, and when you go to you know load it up on your local you know classifieds, if the guys aren't running Sitka, they're not gonna be as interested in your bag. So you, I just didn't give them any extra bonus points for that. Coming in at third place was the Kuyu Pro. Now they had four options, but three of them were proprietary Kuyu camo. Their camo's cool as shit. I'll give them credit for that. And, and they only had one solid, but the one solid is very nice and it's a couple different solids on the pack. It's a very good looking pack. Coming in in fourth place was the Mystery Ranch Marshall. They had two options, Sitka camo and one solid. And then Stone Glacier just has one color, so they come in last place. Now the next category, I did accessories and customizability. So this was a ranking not only based on how many accessories you could put on the bag, but how customizable the bag was to you. So first place is Kafaru. So some of the accessories, you can get a gun bearer, multiple pouches, hip pockets. There's multiple moly attachment points all over the bag, multiple lids. They have semi-flat and curved stays. They have multiple shoulder straps and belts, and you can configure different size shoulder straps with belts. This is a big deal. Most of the other packs, if you get the extra large frame, it just has that size shoulder straps and that size belt. Now, most of these manufacturers are super cool to deal with. I even talked to one guy that every couple of years when he gets his new Stone Glacier bag, they actually make him a custom belt to go with his bag at no extra charge. So I don't wanna say you can't get mix and match shoulder straps and belts from the other companies, but Kuyu, or sorry, Kafaru does it by default. You can literally just pick it from the drop-down menu and put together your own setup. Coming in at second place was the EXO. They've got hip belt pouches, a rifle sling, a bow sling. Something they don't advertise very loudly but was super impressive is a lumbar upgrade kit. For 10 bucks, they send you a different, firmer foam with an extra shim. And so I upgraded the lumbar pad and put in both shims. World of difference. Like for dudes who like big, strong, supportive lumbar pads, you gotta spend that 10 bucks. It's a game changer. In addition to that, and this is the only frame that actually does this, the EXO frame, if you take off the bottom section near the lumbar pad, where the frame ends in two posts, there's these like four inch aluminum pegs that only stick out about an inch. They've got kind of these ribs that, that keep the bottom inch sticking out. And if you pull those out and flip them around and stick them in, then where the ribbing ends, there's actually three and a half inches that stick out. So you can extend the frame by two and a half inches. And it's so quick and easy. So the example that was given to me is that you could go in with like a bivy load, you could kill your elk and on the way back out, in order to get a couple extra inches of load lifter angle, when you have an extremely heavy backpack, you pull this attachment off the bottom. And if you just Google EXO frame extension, there'll be a video with Steve kind of showing you how to do this. You flip these two posts, takes less than two minutes. Super impressed by that. By the time I did that and the lumbar pad, 
it really just shot the XO up in my estimation because it was, it, it fit my body so much better. I tend to have, I'm six foot one with a 32 inch inseam. So I have a slightly longer than average torso, which creates a, a little bit of a mismatch between my size and most of the packs I run. So um, that's why it's nice with Kafaro, I can get the 26 inch frame. Uh, but that really stuck out to me. Like that's deep customization. That's not just a hip belt. Like that's you being able to change the pack on the fly for your needs. Um, you can also get a load panel um, for the EXO. Coming in at number three was the Stone Glacier. You can get a hydro lid, different hip pockets, clip-in pouches, water holsters, uh, two different types, uh, rifle sling, bow sling, different pouches, really great. Coming in at fourth place was the Kuyu hip belt pouches, bow holder, rifle holder, clip-in pouches, pack load hauler. And then at last place was the Mystery Ranch. They really only offered a water bottle pocket and, and clip-in pouches. So that's for the accessories and customizability. Now, the next, I gave the bags a score for training capability. And what this score was meant to represent was how easy it was to flip your bag into training mode. With the current trend, everybody's doing backpack cardio in the off season. And I have two different packs. I run the Outdoorsman's Atlas Trainer on their pack frame system. And I can just strap a 45 pound plate with a collar on there. Works phenomenally well. However, it's like five or 600 bucks and not everybody's gonna spend that much money just to have a secondary training pack. So I wanted to give some credit for the packs that converted more easily from backpack mode to training mode. And when I say training mode, that's me putting in 30 to 45 pounds, either in simple sandbags or an Olympic plate. So which pack was this easiest to do with and which pack was the most solid or felt the most secure once it was in that mode? First place and second place, well, okay. Stone Glacier and EXO tied for first place in this regard. Due to the shape and the compression strap systems on the bag, it was super easy to get a bit of training weight in there. 30 seconds, it's strapped down, you're off to the races. Barely had to modify the bag. Up next, tied for second, sorry, in second place by itself was the Kuyu Pro. It was almost as good as the other two, but it just doesn't have the same stability, to be honest with you, um, and it doesn't have the same comfort. And then tied for last place was the Kafaru Fulcrum and the Mystery Ranch Marshall. And I'm just gonna be honest with you, due to the size of the Fulcrum bag and the lack of compression straps on the Marshall, there's really no way to just put 30 to 45 pounds in either of those bags and have it secured reasonably well. The fact of the matter is, it's just a dog's breakfast in there and shit is sliding around all over the place. That's the fact of the matter. I would not recommend either of those bags for training. Now taking a different bag and putting it on that frame would provide a solution, but it's also a pretty convoluted process and then you have to have a, an entirely second bag. So that's why I didn't really dig into that. All right, up next, we have warranty. Now, I've only owned the Kafaru for a long period of time, so I cannot personally comment on the other warranties. But what I did was I put out a poll on Instagram and I got feedback from people who have owned these bags for a long period of time. And I specifically asked them about what kind of success or failure they've had with warranty repairs. And I also went on each of the websites and I read a little bit about 
how they framed their warranty and what they covered. So coming in at first place was Kafaru. The bottom line is they have a bomb-proof warranty. Um, I've only ever had one thing replaced. I had a small tear in a hip belt and it was literally like no questions asked. I sent in an email with a picture and I said, this is ripped. It, three days later, I had a brand new hip belt at my house. They didn't ask for my receipt. They didn't ask for anything. They didn't ask for shipping charges. Like it was just done. And I think that was three years after I bought the pack. And everyone I know who's had a problem with Kafaru have had their bags fixed. Now, they're the most expensive bag, so I would hope that they stand behind their gear, but I can definitely say they, they did. Um, the Mystery Ranch honestly comes in at second place because they do a lot of firefighting material, and I think having a good warranty is really one of their points of differentiation. Now, that being said, I did have a couple notes from people that had very poor personal experiences with Mystery Ranch, so I'm gonna give that one a little bit of an asterisk. Now, tied for third place is Stone Glacier and Exo. They both have a little bit of fine print in their warranties, and they both say that if things fall outside of the warranty, they will, they're still willing to help even if it's just at a minimal cost. So I feel like you might have to cover a couple bucks for a repair fee, but they're not gonna leave you hanging and they're gonna handle the repair themselves. So I, I had them tie. And then to be honest with you, QU came in last place. There's tons of fine print. It basically goes out to say, we built something that was so ultra light that we don't even trust it. So if it breaks, I don't know, you're kind of hooped. Um, and I've had a lot of individuals complain that uh, Kuyu wasn't willing to um, warranty repair some pretty standard stuff that in my opinion, other backpack companies would. So this isn't the end of the world, but just keep it in mind that, you know, that is definitely a mark against them in my opinion. Okay, I originally had a category for durability and I was gonna try and do some testing I kind of ran out of time. I also think this is really difficult to do without an extensive period of time and a bunch of similar situations that you can beat these bags up on. And instead of me doing kind of like a cognitive assessment about which ones I think we're gonna hold up best, I just left this one blank. I can't really make a comment on how durable these bags are. Here's what I can say. I've had the Kafaru for five years. I've had one auto locking buckle break and I had one small tear in a hip belt that was not structural and it was replaced immediately. So I feel supremely confident that it's a highly durable bag. I can tell you that between the Exo and the Stone Glacier, the Exo feels more durable. Um, the Stone Glacier is a bit more of a minimalist bag and I feel like that fabric is not as tough as some of the other fabrics, the Mystery Ranch fabric feels very tough. And again, I hate to, to kind of hang Kuyu out to dry here, but there was not one other company that so many people got in touch with me about broken straps and buckles. One guy got in touch in person and said he had five bags go down in one year from straps and buckles breaking under load. And that it got to the point 
where he just ordered a bag of extra straps and buckles from Kuyu and Kuyu would not warranty replace um, these straps and buckles or the bags. And he would literally have spare straps and buckles on him in camp all the time for all the Kuyu straps and buckles that broke. And this was something I commented on in my first, like the Kuyu stands apart. It's buckles and strapping are 50% as robust as the other packs. And you gotta ask yourself if all these other packs felt the need to build items to a certain caliber of toughness and then this one pack company just doesn't. And I'm like, there's places where you should cut corners when you're trying to be ultralight and there's places where you shouldn't. The other element of durability, I'm just gonna say is their frame. That carbon fiber frame does not inspire confidence. I could snap that thing over my knee with a whim. And these other frames, the Mystery Ranch is kind of flimsy, and I, I, I also don't trust that as far as I can throw it. But the Exo, the Stone Glacier, and the Kafaru, like you could beat the shit out of those things. Like those frames are tough. You could literally like beat them against a tree, load them up, put them on. The Kafaru and the Mystery Ranch, there's no way. So again, I didn't give these an objective score because I felt like it would be more subjective than objective. But there's some qualitative notes that you can take with you to aid in your decision about what pack you want to buy. I did the same thing with water retention. This was one of the most requested categories. And I really wanted to come up with a way to adequately test this. And originally what I was going to do is weigh all the packs dry, submerge them for two minutes and weigh them wet. And then record how much water they retained and then the one that retained the least amount of water would get the highest score because the complaint for most people was when it rains, pack X gets crazy heavy. But I also thought it's not a super realistic test because when it rains, you're wearing your pack. And so even a pack that might have more fabric and might retain more weight when submerged, if it had a better DWR coating, or if the structure of the pack itself kind of protected more of the dense material from actually getting rained on and shed more water off the back, then the amount of total water absorbed by the pack really isn't reflective of the realistic amount of water that would be absorbed in a situation. So this is one of those ones like durability. I'd like to have these packs for six months. I'd like to wear them in the rain two or three times each. I live in Vancouver, that's not a problem. Wear them on backpack cardio hikes. And then give some analytical notes about which of these packs I think holds up best in the rain. Okay, the last category that I didn't score per se was IG feedback. So I put up this post, asked for people, if you had owned any of these packs for more than three years to get in touch with me and I had three questions for them. The favorite part of the pack, what part of the pack would you change if you could? And do you have any notes about durability or warranty? Um, and I'll be honest, I was trying to quantify the results and they were all kind of equally all over the place. Here's what I can tell you though. Out of all of these packs, there are people that love them and people that don't love them. So, Take everything I say with a grain of salt and recognize that a backpack is a highly personal experience. That's the best I got there. If you, if you have any individual questions, feel free to hit me up and I'll try and answer them. Okay, back to things that I actually scored. Functional volume. 
So there is a rating for the volume that you can, uh, you know, hypothetically fit in these bags. And then there's the real world, how much stuff can I stuff in here? And what I wanted to see was, are, are the bags that say they're bigger actually bigger? Like, do they fit more stuff? And here's what I'll say. Gafaru got first place simply because it's the biggest bag, bar none. So it's only fair that because it had to take a hit for weight and it had to take a hit for low stability at low pack weights that I give it some pointers for what it was actually built for. So by far, it has the largest functional volume. Stone Glacier is a clear second place for functional volume. It's significantly bigger than the XO. The XO at, at 6,800 cubic inches definitely holds 6,800. I think the Mystery Ranch does a good job of, of doing what it says it does. The only one that I found didn't really hold up that well was the Kuyu. It got points earlier on in phase one because it's the kind of most tricked out pack. It's got like little hidden Easter eggs everywhere and there's zippers and pouches and things fold out and there's like, it's like a Rubik's cube of a backpack, which is kind of cool because there's all these interesting things that you're finding out about it. But what it sacrifices then is just pure volume. Instead of just having a big, simple chamber, you know, it's a little more segregated and so you lose some of the overall volume. So out of all the packs, that was the only one that I felt after my testing that even though it's rated as a 7,800, you can fit more stuff, you know, significantly more stuff. Like I feel like 10 to 15% more volume in the Stone Glacier rated at 7,900. It's only hundred cubic inches. It should be relatively the same. And so, so keep that in mind. I think that 7,800 rating on the Kuyu is a little bit generous. I think the ratings on all the other packs are deeply in alignment with reality. Hardware. Um, who had the best hardware? Uh, Kafaru in first place and Mystery Ranch in second. And let me tell you why. Auto locking buckles. Other manufacturers, I cannot stress this enough. At locations of particular tension or importance, put auto-locking buckles. If you've never used auto-locking buckles, there's basically like a secondary roller attachment that you kind of need to depress with your thumb in order to slide the webbing up or down through the buckle. And so it can't just work itself loose. And a lot of these other packs don't have auto-locking buckles. So one of the complaints I got about the Stone Glacier was that uh, you know, one or two times through my hike in, I will have to stop and re-cinch the bag down to the load frame because it will slowly work itself loose. If you put auto-locking buckles at key attachment points where there's undue amount of pressure or disproportionate amount of pressure, um, this wouldn't be an issue. And so just from the, like, the, the, the meat of the buckles themselves and the fact that they had auto-locking capabilities, Kafaru and Mystery Ranch come in first and second. I gave Exo a slight edge over Stone Glacier only because their buckles were slightly more ergonomic. But to be honest, from a practical perspective, they were essentially the same. And then I've gone over the Kuyu stuff. It's just disappointing. I don't know why they're so small. They're super annoying to open. They're super annoying to close. They're bad. 
they're just bad. Like, like some stuff you can look at and be like, this is just not something I like. Other stuff you look at and you're like, that's just not good. These buckles and straps are not good. Um, okay, time to get into the fun stuff. The 80 pound rating and the 120 pound rating. So with the 80 pound ratings, I took a 40 pound bag of kitty litter, strapped it to the load shelf, and then took a 40 pound bag of kitty litter and put it in the chamber pocket. Except for the Kafaro, I put them both in the chamber pocket. Now the reason I want to talk about this is that the 80 pound comfort rating is not just a rating on how it carries 80 pounds, but it's how the bag reacts under what I would consider like a moderate intermediate load. It's what most people, is gonna be a heavy pack for most people. Um, and so I think it's a pretty significant factor. And for some people, it's gonna be more important than the 120 pound factor because the bottom line is you're never gonna carry out 120 pounds. Um, as far as comfort goes, Kafaru takes first place. I just gotta be honest with you. The thing, the Kafaru frame is a tank. Like it is, it's so sturdy and so robust and the contour of the hip belt, the material that the shoulder straps are made of, there's a reason it's the most expensive bag. It has little premium touches and it, it's just designed. And there are some things I don't like about it. The fact that you can't articulate the shoulder straps, I've been very honest about this. I'm not saying it's a perfect bag, but if you're carrying out a load with camp, I'm telling you like, this is the one you want on your back. It feels the best. The Stone Glacier and Exo at 80 pounds were almost indistinguishable. I gave the Exo a slight edge and most of that had to do with packing. So here's something interesting. I gave Stone Glacier the edge in load shelf because it kept the load up and off of your hip belt. However, when I put that second bag of kitty litter in, because the first load was already six inches up your back, the second load had to go directly on top of it. So it was like two rectangles on top of each other and it, and it pushed the, the load kind of as far out from your back as it could. With the EXO, the EXO wedges the load shelf between the bag and the frame and it creates a bit of a triangle. And then when you put your second load in, it wedges down into the bag. So instead of like one plus one equaling two with the Stone Glacier, it's like, you know, 0.75 plus 0.75 equals 1.5. Like it's like stacking two triangles on top of each other. And the XO just felt like a little bit tighter to my back. And so it felt like just a hair more stable. But for all intents and purposes, if your primary concern was 80 pound loads, there is very little practical difference between the comfort ratings on the Stone Glacier and the XO. And then I am just gonna say that, okay, the Kuyu is not good under 80 pounds. That flimsy carbon frame just starts to shine through the lateral stability. And another issue that I hadn't measured before, but I'm gonna call it rotational stability. And this is the ability of the pack to counteract the load's desire to twist the frame when you twist. When you turn, it's not like you're a post that spins your hips stay straight and your shoulders turns and you actually, your trunk rotates. So when you rotate the backpack, if the frame is too weak and it spins with you, the whole load 
kind of loses its integral stability of, of, of being locked into the frame. And the thing about that Kuyu carbon fiber frame is that it's just really flimsy. Like it doesn't have any rotational stability. Like you can just grab the top, grab the bottom and like twist it and it just twists. Except for the Mystery Ranch, you can't do that with any of these other frames. Um, so it got second last place. The reason the Mystery Ranch got last place is that as I discussed before, it was the only one that was actively painful. Like that frame is so, I don't know if weak is the right word, but the bag of kitty litter, which is gonna be very equivalent to a game bag full of meat, pushed through the frame and dug into my back. Like it was the only pack that I put on. The Kuyu, if you're just standing there, it's not bad at all, it's fine. The Mystery Ranch was the only one that when you had it on and loaded up and that kind of load shelf dug into your back, it was actively painful. And then finally, 120 pound comfort reading. Kafaru in first place. Now I learned something very interesting. It, while the load lifter angle was fine at 80 pounds, when I put in that last 40 pounds, that last bag of kitty litter was way up at the top of the snow collar. And I couldn't get my load lifter straps tight enough because the way they're constructed on the Kafaru, you basically have this one three inch section with a buckle on it that you can't shorten. And then the rest of it shortens down into your shoulder straps. But they have these slide locks that you can move down past your collarbones that enables you to really crank the load lifters down. So what I would recommend to people is that when you get over that 100 pound, move those slide locks down your shoulder straps a little bit, maybe a couple inches past your collarbones. I think it loads less than that. Your collarbone is fine, but I think at heavier loads, you want it a little bit tighter. And then you can really crank down those load lifters. At 120 pounds, the XO took a clear edge over the Stone Glacier. And there was two reasons. It's the packability of the XO compared to the Stone Glacier. It enables you to keep everything closer to your back. And then the way the XO has the lid connected to the frame and then loops up over the top of the bag and sucks the top of the bag back close to your back, gets that weight up and over your hips. Whereas the Stone Glacier, I was not able, I think they need to kind of reassess, you know, how they're attaching the top of that bag back to the frame because there's attachment points, but they're kind of below where the shoulder straps are. And you need something really up high to like bring that thing in. So I wasn't, I didn't like the Stone Glacier as much as the EXO at 120 pounds. And then the Mystery Ranch and the Kuyu, I cannot in good conscience recommend either of these bags for 120 pound loads. That's just the bottom line. I wanted to insert a quick note about the Stone Glacier comfort rating at 120 pounds that I forgot to make during recording the initial video. It was really the lumbar pad for me that was the shortcoming of the pack, in addition to the inability to really stabilize the top of the load back to the pack. Um, I feel the lumbar pad is too small and a little too firm. If you look at the size and the density of the EXO and the Kafaru lumbar pads, I also think the Kuyu has an excellent lumbar pad. 
you're going to notice they're all of a similar shape. Now, again, this could be partially due to my size as a human being. I just, I'm a bigger guy. So the small of my back is going to be bigger. So maybe for smaller dudes with smaller backs, that smaller lumbar pad provides an additional support or provides um, enough support. But I found when I got upwards of 120 pounds and I was relying on that smaller, firmer lumbar pad, it just really didn't do what I needed it to do. And I feel like that's an area that they could improve. And I just, I wanted to add that in because I think it's important to note. Okay, so where does that put us? And we're gonna include the rankings for everything. Phase one, all the way through to phase two, and we compared price, weight honesty, weight capacity, shipping speed, purchase experience, Canadian bonus, lids, fitting, 40-pound comfort, 40-pound lateral stability, 40-pound vertical stability, lumbar pad, low lifter angle, meat shelf, color options, accessories, training, warranty, durability, water retention, functional volume, hardware, IG feedback, 80-pound comfort, and 120-pound comfort. And out of all of those characteristics, in first place is the EXO, 76 points. Second place is the Kafaru, 74 points. Very close. Third place, Stone Glacier at 73 points. Then we have the Kuyu at 54 and the Mystery Ranch at 48. So let's just take a minute. First place, Exo. Second place, Kafaru. Third place, Stone Glacier. Fourth place, Kuyu. Fifth place, Mystery Ranch. Now, I'm not saying the Exo is the best bag for everything and the Mystery Ranch is the worst bag for everything. So while I will say the overall winner was Exo, what, what does that actually mean? That means that if you're looking for the best I don't want to say middle of the road pack, pack, but the but the pack that is best at the most things. I would say it's the EXO. Okay. If the other thing to keep in mind here is that had a lot to do with price and value as well. Like the EXO is almost 30% cheaper than the Kafaru. That's a significant savings. So for most people that are doing like run-of-the-mill hunts, the EXO is gonna be more than enough for what you need and it's gonna provide great value because that price is just so much cheaper than some of the other bags. Now, the Kafaru at second place, here's what I'm gonna say about the Kafaru. If you're one of the five percenters, like I'm getting ready for a 15-day solo stone sheep hunt that I'm gonna self-film. To put things in, in, in context, two years ago when I did my solo goat hunt, my pack weighed 93 pounds. Last year on my sheep hunt, my pack weighed 91 pounds. Now that's pack and weapon. I take a shitload of stuff into the bush. Normally that's because I'm by myself and normally it's because I'm solo filming. So I have 10 to 15 more pounds than anybody else. So if I say 90, it means somebody else would have had 75. If you're one of those five percenters where you have disposable income, you're willing to spend it on the best 
you know, premium package and you need something that's going to go above and beyond, Kafaro is your choice. Okay, the fact that you're limited to 6,800 cubic inches and you can't substantially increase that, you know, even Kafaru has like the Bane lid and the shape charge pocket and ways that you can add a thousand to 1500 cubic inches to their bags. If EXO came out with a 1500 cubic inch lid, even that would get it up into 8,000 cubic inches. And all of a sudden it would be on the list for like 10, 12, 14 day hunts, but it's just not big enough. So if it's that bigger expedition grade and you could be hauling and here's what some people are going to say. Some people are going to say, I've had 120 pounds in my pack. The Kuyu felt fine. I challenge you. Did you actually weigh it? Because in your mind, you think 120 pounds or you think a pack weighs more than it actually weighs. And I would challenge you, if you think the pack is comfortable that I said was uncomfortable, put real weight in there, pick it up with a scale, and then physically put it on your back and then see if it's as comfortable as you thought it was. Because I would argue... Most of you who think you're walking around with 120 pounds are probably only walking around with 90 or 95 because I've done the same thing myself. And I actually carry a scale in my truck because when I'm curious, when I get back from hunts, what it actually weighs and I'll, I'll weigh it out with my meat still in it in the whole nine yards. But for those guys who want to go the extra mile and have the extra cash, the Kafaru is your huckleberry. Now, for the Stone Glacier, for the minimalists in the crowd, because the other thing is you can shave almost another quarter pound off this bag by removing the lid and operating it in bivy mode. It becomes the lightest bag. It's definitely the sleekest bag. It probably has some of the nicest style of all the bags. And that's important. Like, you know, there's, you want your shit to look nice too. Um, I have no problems recommending the Stone Glacier. I think some of the 120 pound comfort stuff could be my body type. The EXO and the Kafaru are kind of like big beefy packs and I'm a big beefy guy. And so they fit me, they feel good on me. I like the wider shoulder straps. I like the way it hugs the iliac crest of my hips. Like I feel safe and secure in those bags. Whereas the Stone Glacier is like a little bit more sleek and a little bit more smaller and it just didn't fit my frame as well. And here like, Truth be told, I thought I was going to leave these tests running the Stone Glacier on my sheep hunt, and I'm not going to now. I'm not 100% sure what pack I'm going to run on that sheep hunt, but I'm 90% sure it's not going to be the Stone Glacier because it just doesn't do for me what I needed to do on that hunt. But I can say with zero reservation that it, if that pit pack fits you right, you need something in that 75 to 8,000 cubic inch range and you're a, a more minimalist guy and you're not going to be carrying those crazy, crazy heavy loads, Stone Glacier is your choice. No problem. I feel very confident in that. The Kuyu and the Mystery Ranch, I can't recommend under any circumstances. Just my personal opinion, I don't like those bags. Um... A lot of people have told me that back in the day, Mystery Ranch was the go-to and that they had really hardcore, really bomb-proof backs. It seems like they've gone hyper-commercial. They're all in all the big box stores now. So it is just possible that through certain business decisions they have made, it has shifted the nature and the value and the quality of their packs. I don't know. But at the end of the day, 
Um, I can't recommend the Mystery Ranch pack or the Kuyu pack. But I think the Kafaru, the Stone Glacier, and the Exo really exemplify three different choices for three different people. And depending on what your body type and your hunting needs are, there is a perfect pack within those three for you, in my, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of all I got. I want to say that I had a super good time doing this review. I had great conversations with people online about what they liked and didn't like. I had great conversations with some of the manufacturers who were super open. I've had other manufacturers reach out um, since the original video got posted and offer to send some stuff for review and stuff. So there's a great chance that you're going to see a lot more of these comparative types of reviews. And here's one thing I want to put out to you guys. What is the next category that you want me to look at? Let's start broad. Are we talking shelters? Are we talking optics? Here's what I think the way of the future is in, in gear reviews. It is large category, in-depth, comparative reviews. So if we're talking binos, let's take four to five binos. We're talking shelters, let's take four to five shelters. And we'll stick to like 10 by 42 binos, or we'll stick to two person, three season shelters. And I'll literally get entire categories together and I'll do the exact same thing that I did with these backpacks. Now I gotta still figure out the logistics. I can't afford to go spend five grand on every review I do. I don't make two cents off of this review. This video on YouTube will probably make $7 in ad revenue. So it's like, it's, it's a moot point. But I think there's some interesting ways where maybe we could crowdsource it. If you guys knew what I did, people could lend me stuff and I can review it and get it back to you. I think as it gets more popular, manufacturers are, are gonna be more likely to send me stuff. Although that gets a bit sketchy because I don't, I, I think I would do that only if I'm allowed to give away this stuff afterwards because if I keep it, I feel that I'm personally incentivized and I don't want that to cloud the review. Also, as you can see here, I wasn't super nice to everybody on this review and I don't know if they're gonna be so inclined to send me more stuff. But anyways, we'll worry about that later. At the bottom of this video or in the podcast comments or send me a message, tell me what category you want me to look at next. We'll keep it broad and then we'll fine tune it through some polling on Instagram. Anyways, I hope you guys found this useful. Any questions or comments, leave them down below. Jay at mindfulhunter.com, mindful underscore hunter on Instagram. Take a moment, engage with the content, like, comment, share, subscribe. And as always, thanks for tuning in.